Right, we're back with a continued conversation with Xavok, talking to myself, EJ, and Super Charney. Uh, as I mentioned last time, we're going to hear now a bit more about him playing in Fire 2 Open and that ridiculous run he recently had where he shot to the top of the arena and uh, just the general ELO rankings on Board Game Arena. Um, so yeah, hope you enjoy the second and final part of uh, conversation with Xavok. Thanks to him, by the way, for being so very generous with his time and giving us a lot of his time. It's hopefully it's all good stuff. But yeah, he was very gracious with letting us talk to him for <laughs> a long period of time. Anyway, enjoy. Uh, should we talk about F2O stuff, Super? So, you participated in F2O, you stormed through qualifiers. Um, I lost a game against you. Stormed through Super Johnny in qualifiers. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, well, that was the Fakir game where nobody gave me leech. Yeah, and I was playing, I was playing awful giants. That, yeah, um... you, uh, that was an example of this kind of game where uh, like, you sometimes get this feeling that opponents are playing suboptimally to hurt you. So I, I felt like you were upgrading in places where you shouldn't upgrade in order to deny me leech. <laughs> that's, very, that's very likely. Yeah, and that, that, is, that is like kind of sensible, uh, but uh, sometimes it's frustrating if you are target of that kind of behavior <laughs> because like I, I i encounter that way too often that like <laughs> people are upgrading dwellings and not giving me leech even though they should definitely upgrade that dwelling and that, yeah this is why people make out accounts all right yes uh, yes yes and that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's what one drawback of having like uh, reputation is uh, yeah. being this kind of target in games, and then you never get an easy game because others are targeting you. Yeah, I won't confirm that. I won't deny that. Although once again is another example of an excellent memory for a very specific game. Although this again was one that you, won. but yeah, remembering Fakir's no leech just from the qualification. Yeah, it, I think it, it was one temple fakirs as well, right? Like, I, yeah, I did it. it was quite a vanilla. You played like a fairly vanilla. You might have won some cards, maybe. Um, I, I don't remember yeah. exactly what I did, but I think I didn't build a lot of temples in that game. Yeah, I've got a vague memory of seeing that, and yeah, and you won by a fair bit. So anyway, let's not... Let's not dwell on the super's loss. Mm. You qualified. You qualified. You stormed into F2O. Um, it, so it was on the Fire and Ice map, which again, you know, there was some chat of Zavok is is a an async player. He's not a live player. And then also he's a base map player. He plays TM Tour. But you are familiar with it, the Fire and Ice map, right? Like you've played it a lot on snailman in the past it's not like you're just a base map player yeah i i have played fire and ice 
like in some random Snellman games, like back when I still played there. And we also used to uh, help uh, like test the map. Like we played se- several variations of the map on Snellman site before it was published. So mm-hmm. during the playtesting, uh, we played that quite a bit. Maybe. I don't remember, uh, maybe over 100 games total, but I wasn't included in all those 100 games I played, maybe some couple of, maybe 30 games or something. Yeah, because I remember talking about that with Team Europe, like, yeah, you you were perfectly comfortable playing Fire and Ice. Um, did you, so did you have to like, did you re-familiarize yourself with the map at all before? Had you played much on BGA on Fire and Ice map or? Well, before the Fire Fire Two tournament, uh, I played a, a handful of games there to like refresh memories about it. But yeah, uh, so I I did practice a little bit, but not like insane amounts. The group stage was like the pick of the group stage matches because you were chosen by Deep Finesse as the group leader to play, which I was. When that choice got made, I was so excited for that match because it was going to be sort of deep finesse is like the new, a new player. He's not come from like the Snellman past. He'd only started playing, uh, at least online, Terry Mystical quite recently. And then it was against you, like the returning champion. So that was a really exciting matchup. Um, but then the game in the end, it was kind of, um, I don't know, it, it was a bit of a, you know, Deep Finesse won quite easily. And w- were you third, I think, Savok, in the end, maybe? Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, yes. The, the, the game was, uh, in this case, my memory did not serve me well, because <laughs> the game was already played in International Clash, and Swarmlings won by mile by Team Europe. And yeah. for whatever reason, I did not remember that this game had existed. So uh, uh, I should have remembered that during the auction because uh, I, I think we mis-evaluated the factions in the auction and Deep Finesse got Swarmlings way too cheap and won by a mile. Yeah, super posted about how uncannily similar it was as a setup. Yes, yes. It was, it was, yeah. If you look back, uh, it's something, it's definitely a mistake where better memory would have uh, been good. I, I, I think I did uh, three main mistakes in that game. Not remembering the Team Europe game that was like the same matchup, basically. So doing the wrong auction. Uh, then not taking Fire 1. I was kind of uh, trying to play it safe for, for whatever reason, because it was a tournament game. And took Earth one. But you're, you're playing Darklings just to remind everyone. Yeah, yeah. And in that game, I really needed coins, and I was really coin short. And I think I could have scored, may, maybe even. I don't know if it would have been enough for a win, but much closer game if I had taken Fire one, even if I miss Earth one. Uh, so that was a mistake I regret. And the third mistake I regret was during the final turn. Well, uh, during the final turn, I was I had this kind of tunnel vision that 
I need to do uh, build my training posts out, and then I just barely afford the final town, and I managed to do that. But uh, there was another line which was better, which was building an extra dwelling and skipping the last training post instead instead of that last training post building a dwelling. That would have been more points, and it would have been enough to secure the second place. But I was kind of I don't know why, but I had bad tunnel vision at that point, and I didn't see the obvious line, which was probably for the spectators, it was like clear that I should have built the dwelling. Mm. It's always easy for spectators to, uh, to you know, discuss this kind of stuff. Yeah, I get the same uh, thing as a spectator. When I spectate streams, I, I kind of much quicker notice things that people should do and uh, and kind of manage to like see what's going on much quicker than when i'm playing do you watch do you watch a lot of streams uh i don't know about a lot of streams i watch them sometimes like if they come at convenient times i watch I'm going to mention it again, but that's another example of a pretty photographic memory of a specific game. And that one didn't even go well. Yeah, but it was something... Maybe it, it boils down to like uh, this kind of post-analysis of games as well. Like if you, mm. if you kind of look back at the game, what, did I, what mistakes did I do? I often, if I lose a game, I often look back at the game and see if there are any particular things I should have done, which maybe could, I could maybe score more or maybe even win if I did things differently. And I try to take those as a learning opportunities. So, so for this Darkling game, those are the three things that I picked up from that game. And I try to avoid repeating the same mistakes again. Good advice. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes, everyone. Uh, so yeah, that that fire to open again. I find this sort of this very quite interesting. The timing of it. You played the clash, and did really well. Then you entered fire to open. You qualified really easily, or you qualified strongly. And I think I don't know what I predicted. I can't remember whether I predicted you to win, but I thought it was going to be very interesting to see how you did. And you just came up short in that group stage match against Deep Finesse. But then, and that was, was that June, I guess? It was a few months ago, and we're in August now. And at that point, you know, the doubters, all these doubters out there, Xavok, were saying still, they were saying he's not a live player. He's not one in live yet. But immediately after that F2O, you've hit, like, Arena and BGA live play really hard. And it's only after that F2O that you have shot to the top of I mean, are you still at the top of both the elo and the arena rankings at the moment i mean you you got no, there no no, no no i got there no? but oh. i dropped back like a rock oh no okay right so i Let's took check. a couple of uh bad losses recently but yeah i was i was like having good time in arena for a while Oh, so like a rock, you've dropped to third place. <laughs> well, well, if you lose 100 LO, that is kind of a lot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're at, you're at 6-2-1 ELO now, where you were at... Yeah, think, it wasn't very long ago. 
7.30 something, 7.36 maybe, or 7.34, or something like this. Yeah, yeah, so you got up there. And I found that sort of, it's very cool to watch you just just playing those games, getting on an insane streak. And like, I think anybody who then doubts, <laughs> I'm obviously being a bit, silly about the doubters there aren't very many doubters but it's clear now that you are super strong on both live mode and arena play and stuff so um what's the question there uh are you having have you had fun doing that and were you sort of impressed by how how well you could do to get up there you have this kind of goal to reach as high as you can and then if you lose you kind of it really hurts to lose, <laughs> yeah. and and that that ends up being similarly stressful as the like TM tour experience. So I would like to play a bit more casually and and like uh, just play to have some fun, try to win, try to do your best. But uh, yeah, after all, Elo is just a number. So uh, that's what I would like to think. But sometimes it it becomes too serious thing uh, but yeah like i was having fun and i was kind of trying to prove to myself that i can still play uh kind of decently <laughs> yeah De- decently is is a uh a fairly modest way of putting it but yeah so you you obviously did do that uh and yeah you've you've taken a bit of a hit which maybe takes the pressure off it's interesting that yeah you did feel that pressure and i guess when you're up there then it becomes every game is yeah sort of a must win game and and it's not even a must win is it we were talking about how it's kind of a must no no sorry it really is a must win it's like even second place can drop you down yeah second place drops you down like five or ten and final fourth place drop you like 30 or 40 so <laughs> it's it's not uh easy to maintain that elo and i i think actually to be honest like if you go to arena and play against random players i think it's easier to win because there is more margin for error if you have like 300 400 elo opponents uh in a random arena game you you can afford to make one or two mistakes in a game and still win mm. and but, and you sort of you admitted you were you were focusing on those arena games sort of to to try and get that badge in, in yes, some ways yes, right you were yes, yes. I, I was trying to get the number one elo badge and after i got that i i kind of like didn't care that much anymore of course i tried to like see how high high i can climb but I knew that eventually the climb is going to stop and it's impossible to maintain that LO and the only way to maintain it is to not play. And then there are like these two options, make a new account or stop playing or whatever. (laughs) If you're having fun playing, I think it's better to play and lose the LO than to like stop playing and not lose it. Yeah, of course, of course. I agree. Do you have any, so currently you are in third place on the arena season, I think, just looking. Uh, 
what's what's the thinking there? Are you you're behind Raf and Deep Finesse? Any what's the plan? Are you going to win? I, I guess I'm going to play a little bit of arena, and if it's enough to win, then that's cool. But uh, I'm not trying to do anything crazy about it. So see um see how 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 long is the season got left actually? It's a month or so. Forty eight days. Oh, so still some, yeah, a fair bit of time. Yeah. I, I must say that, like, if you, like, uh, you need to, like, farm Elo in Arena if you want to end up really high. Yeah. Yeah. Play, play random is mm, interesting. Because against those players, I, I, I feel that it's just easier to uh, win those games. Even if you get, gain less elo for winning, but you just win so much more that it's still beneficial. So I guess you're at a point now where you're like enjoying the live play, and you're yeah, you're not on that that farming <laughs> stressful run. You can sort of enjoy playing and play some good players, play some arena. Are you quite happy with that? Yeah, I got my batch. Uh, I'm done farming. Now I can play like any game and I don't need to care about the settings anymore. Yeah. Speaking of other great players, um, what, I, what I am always curious about, um, Terra Mystica in general, is that there are so many great players around and I'm always curious what they think about each other, you know? Like, uh, because for me, obviously, there are like 100, uh, 100 or 200 players that I... Uh, easily can consider better than myself. Um, and right now, you've there. There's been a couple of months that you since you joined the board game arena here. Uh, are there any players in particular that you that have actually um, impressed you? Um, that you uh, who do you think is great right now? Who's the best? Um, who do you consider to be maybe better than you? Or uh, were there are there any players that you know? For some reason, just uh, uh, stick in your mind, and you remember them for I know particular game or something like that. Uh, I, I think there are several players who are great, and some of some players who are also better than me. So, for instance, Deep Finesse is probably better player. So I, I would assume that if both of us would really try to like compete in the arena, he would end up winning it. Hmm. Uh, but I, I guess Terra Mystica is a complex game. It a lot of depends also like on the uh, uh, what what happens in the like between the players in the game. Like for instance, denying somebody leads. If you are being targeted, I think uh, that hurts your chances of trying to win or so sometimes uh, mm, I'm trying to I'm trying to it's like a complicated because it's a four yeah, it, player yeah it, yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm trying to say it's like uh, because it's a four, four player game like sometimes games don't go your way you kind of you are playing on the other side of the map and then something happens on the other side of the map and mm. then uh, you don't have control over what happens there. And that's true. And and you play kind of perfect game in your end and you still lost because some other player 
did whatever and the other player would you couldn't control one and that sometimes just happens and uh, uh, there is not much you can do about that that's 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 exactly what some people were arguing about um especially during the action where you bid down a faction uh with a specific you know opening in mind and there is this guy that is i know whatever elo that he is and he starts um like somewhere uh, on, at the edge of the map and that completely ruins your game because you don't get leash you don't get it and your early neighbor you know and you start questioning why did they put darklings you know down to five victory points or something um so yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and sometimes it also happens that this random guy uh, starts next to you and double spades your hexes right away, round one, and then you are wondering why did I bid. Th that is something that happens slightly too often, but yeah, I, I guess you should try to go for like conservative bids on factions that are kind of robust and you ca they cannot be blocked, but that kind of makes the auction very difficult. In general, I think auction is still one of my weaknesses. I misevaluate uh, factions all the time and pay too much uh, for things mm. that I shouldn't pay or, or take something too early. Which I guess is another new thing about playing BGA that you had to, yeah, that you've only been playing with auction these last few months. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and the auction, even evaluating the situation in like, uh, in case everybody does sensible things, that is already hard, and you sometimes misevaluate that. But it's very easy to like misevaluate what the others are gonna do. Um, did we? We only had deep finesse as one of the other great players. Is there? I think is there anybody else that you have your eye on as really strong guys? Well, uh, I, I keep losing to everybody if i play a game <laughs> a random game with somebody in this community i lose every time so you can pick any of the players that have beaten me recently i think ranior has beaten me at least twice and ryan has beaten me and rafael has i think he has beaten me as well so i i think if if you check one-on-ones against these players in this community I might be be able to break even, but uh, I'm not maybe on the winning side against most of them. So it's a strong set of players for sure. So you checked your game history. Um, here, I, I'm, I'm looking now. I'm, yeah, yeah, there's I'm... there's the list of there's the list of most frequent opponents. Um, so uh, there's a couple that uh, well, the most frequent op opponents are me, uh, myself, and Simon B. Um, there's a couple of good uh, good players that you have actually won most of games against, uh, but there's a couple, uh, a few that uh, actually uh, won against you more than you did. So, for example, you've uh, you have three hits out of eight games against Hephaestus, um, and for example, you won only two games. Well, only uh, you won two games out of seven against Logos. Um, what's interesting, you haven't won a single game against Rainier out of four games there. Yeah, yeah I, I get the feeling as well that Rainier is like, uh, like always 
doing well in the games where I'm in. So I, I need to beat him sometime. Sure. <laughs> Obviously, there are some players that you um, are actually doing quite good against. Um, well, with NerdCube, it's pretty um, pretty even. Um, it's six out of ten games that you've won. Um, and the same go some, well against Deep Finesse. Uh, it's exactly tie, two out of four games. So, yeah, it looks like you've you've you at least you know in those games that you've played, uh, you seem to struggle a bit, uh, just a bit with um, with people like Hephaestus or Heli or uh, or Logos that are. Obviously, some of the best players, but against, for example, Nerdcube and Deep Finesse, you're doing quite quite okay there. So that doesn't seem that bad here. Yeah, yeah, but that's not like any. I wouldn't say that it's any kind of dominating track record against anybody. So I, I think the community is full of strong players, and if you join a table. Uh, it's a like job well done if you manage to pull off a win. Still, you're you're in the top. You're you know you're top tier one player, uh, still on board game arena, nevertheless. So good for you. Have you got any interest in stuff like the sort of future Fire Two Open tournaments, and then like the the Tuesday League? Any interest in playing in that Tuesday League, Zavok, that people play in? Uh, Maybe like the, the uh, I guess this just come down to time commitments. If if uh, if I'm can, I could join those. But if the times are not convenient or I have something else during that time, or I'm not able to like promise that I play every Tuesday for four weeks, then I need to skip. So. It comes down to uh, whether I feel comfortable committing to those events or not. I, I, I like and would like to play in those events, but it's sometimes difficult to uh, guarantee the time. Uh, but I guess generally, do you see yourself sticking around and still playing BGA, Terra Mystica and live stuff and all that? Are you, are you, yeah. are you enjoying it? Are you going to play some more? into the future as long as it it is fun it remains fun then i i expect to play and when it no longer feels fun then it's better to take a break yeah i think yeah that's good i think a lot of people do yeah have said but it's worth thinking about is sometimes it is good to have a break yeah if you're in a bit of a rut or yeah if you've not got the time Having a little bit of time away and then coming back stronger and refreshed is good sometimes. Yeah, um, for me personally, I actually stopped playing in the arena um, for quite a bit. Uh, the only Terramista games that I actually play are Bullets, um, and that's all. Um, I joined the arena game like two weeks ago, and then I regretted it because I realized that base map, uh, well, for me, it's it's just... Um, it's uh, a bit boring, but also unpredictable at the same time because there are so many players playing base uh, base map that I have no idea what's gonna happen, and yeah, and I'm just I just don't feel it there. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I kind of enjoy the base map. Uh, I, I think it might be the best map. Like, of course, it's for variety and like it's nice to play something else sometimes. But if you had to choose one map and only one, then I would choose the base map. Cool. Right. So, so the next set of questions are the questions from other folks, right? Super. I think we've gone through everything else. Right. Um, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Do you still have time and energy to answer a couple more? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, so I think yeah. what I'll say is at this point, I might drop off super if you want to go through the questions from other players maybe if that's sure. all right i guess that's right uh so uh yeah we asked some players uh from the community um if there is anything they want to uh that they want us to ask you um they're more general and more specific ones and if there is you know something unclear about the question we just you just can interpret them the way you see fit um so it's all up to you um, so, uh, the first question comes from Deep Finesse, um, and he asks, do you notice any differences playing against other experts now versus back in the day? Uh, it's, it's hard to compare because you are comparing live games to async games. So, uh, because in async games, uh, people did make mistakes. But especially in the TM Tour Division One games, uh, people really took a long time to make a careful decision what they will do, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's I think this is tricky to compare because uh, you are comparing like async games to live games. But uh, you, you've previously said that, uh, um, well, taking into cons consideration your Snellman successes and the fact that you consider uh, so many players to be great right now, and you uh, said yourself that you struggle uh, in many of those games. So, in general, are the games right now, live games on board game arena, harder than your async games back in the day on Snellman? Like, you know, more or less? I think uh, games, uh, when I stopped TM Tour, I think the games were like equally hard. Like they were hard as well. Like during the final seasons, there was no easy game. Uh, it was very hard. During the very early seasons, it was easier to win and the opponents were easier than currently or later on during the tournament. So, uh, yeah, well, back when I won those TM Tour uh, multiple times, it was definitely easier to win than it's currently to win against the top players of Board Game Arena. Um, so, uh, the other question uh, comes from NerdCube, and that's what we've somewhat already talked about. Um, what are you most surprised about the meta strategy state of the game after being being away from the game for a while well I, I i don't know if it is meta but at least nerd cube is sometimes playing temple giants and <laughs> 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 so, so 
So if somebody tries to play Temple Giants, I would be very surprised about that. All right, all right. Um, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, all right, um, Zoras. Um, that's a longer one. Um, since you were an elite player, much in advance of anyone else, uh, Zoras uh, said that he'd like to know how you figured the game out in a time when there were not so many resources, um, if any, available. And by resources, I think he means the you know, uh, BGG posts and strategy guides and this kind of stuff. How long did it take you to become an elite player that you you know considered yourself an elite player? Uh, since you must have been a beginner uh, at some point earlier. And specifically, what were the first strategy concepts that you grasped, like which improved your game drastically and gave you an edge over everyone else? Uh yeah, there was many questions here. So well, uh, it comes down to you know one point: how um, how did you generally how did you become an elite player? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, when I first started, I was very bad player because I didn't have any clue what I'm doing for the like maybe handful of games I played. But then I uh, grinded against this AI uh, for so long that I kind of uh, learned the basics there. Of course, I the AI did very bad moves and this kind of, but I, I by grinding against that AI, I kind of got the grasp on uh, how, how, how you can score more because I, I was trying to win the AI and score as much as possible. And using those uh, things as a starting point, then when I started playing more in on the Snellman side, uh, it was easy to improve from, from there. And I think the basics were better covered for me than for many other players because they had not had this kind of experience of playing against the AI hundred times. Good. Um, all right, that's a bit different question. Um, Rainier. Rainier asks, uh, at various points, you have been ranked number one or been first place in a, a competitive league for Terra Mystica, Agricola, and Through the Ages. Uh, what game or games are you not good at that you wish you were better at? Uh, are there any games that you that you wish you were better at? Yeah, there are. Uh, it's been such a long break from uh, ga games that I had a few games where I did very horribly. Usually those are hmm, one game that I almost never won was back in the days was Tigris and Euphrates. So that was, uh, for whatever reason, difficult game for me to grasp. I uh, I always blamed my bad luck for never drawing correct color tiles and uh, didn't do so well in that game. So it was one game. There are, there is a like handful of games which uh, I'm not very strong at. But usually it comes down to the playing a lot. Uh, I think. Uh, like if you play a game a lot and you kind of play it in a such a way that you are kind of trying to learn while you play. So you just don't 
like casually play and without thinking about the game. When I play games, I think a lot about the games, and after the game, I think what kind of correct, bad, and good moves I did, and try to analyze those and try to improve next time I, I play. So, if you have this kind of strategy of playing games and you play games uh, multiple, like a, a lot, like online and uh, on on table, then you will eventually get better at those games. And uh, I, I think in general, I have played a lot of board games. So this kind of general intuition uh, for playing board games is uh, like in a, in a good shape. So if there is a new, new board game and it works like all, all other board games you you kind of when you pick the game up you learn quite quickly what is good strategy in that yeah. uh, i almost never uh check a strategy posts or stuff like that I, I i usually try to come up with strategies on my own or pick up strategies from the games i play when i watch an opponent do something successful then trying to learn what the opponent did uh, that, that's also been like to back to Chora's question earlier like um, there, there were no resources but uh, but that's not entirely true because I was playing games and I was losing games some of the games and when you take a game and uh, analyze a game that you have lost and analyze what the opponent did and why you lost the, the, that's your resource and that's how uh, how you can improve your own game and I, I think that's how uh, uh, I learned to play a lot of these games that you mentioned like Terra Mystica I learned that way uh, through the ages I also learned that way I, I like played it like Normally, until I got very badly beaten by somebody, and that, then I started doing what they are doing, and then uh, uh, try to like build my own twist on that way of playing. And I guess it boils down to uh, usually I'm doing well in games which I have played a lot, and not so well in those games which I have not played so much. Um, that's interesting. Uh, it uh, is somewhat connected to the uh, next question that comes from Halai. Um, so uh, he asks, with all the background in strategic and deep games, uh, as you mentioned, you know that you've played uh, numerous times, do you enjoy playing rather simple games with a focus on social aspects? like playing as a team or you know just being mean for the sake of it so uh the it can uh, uh it also um in other words uh are you still interested in or were you at all um at casual games with more interactions rather than you know those serious calculations and strategies like in Terra Mystica and agricola uh, in other words are you actually 
are you can you be a casual gamer or are you 100% tryhard that tries to win every game and you know get deep uh, into the game and understand its concepts you know uh, that, that's good questions question uh, uh, yeah mostly I enjoy these kind of strategy games the most so uh, there are like there are these casual games which uh, I have played, and I must say I don't enjoy playing some of them. Usually, uh, if if this game is very chaotic, uh, and it takes a long time, then I don't usually like. And it contains these kind of social elements which are kind of unpredictable and uh, a lot of. Uh, politics or table talk or these kind of things uh, they are not my cup of tea but uh, uh, I appreciate some casual or simple games like simplicity I, I actually quite appreciate simplicity in games so game can be really simple and even some casual games I I really like some of them like that some people like Carcassonne for example some some people consider it as a casual game but that's, in my opinion, a good kind of casual game because there is a lot of depth, even though it's like very simple game. Uh, and easy to play, hard to master. Yeah, yeah, but and and it depends on the mood as well. Sometimes I do play these kind of uh, party games, like if the mood is correct. But sure, uh, I usually enjoy playing this. Uh, heavier games more, especially if the group is such that uh, they all are like experienced gamers. Usually these heavy games are not great if you're playing with casual gamers, but they are excellent if you're playing with uh, like experienced players. Sure. So I, uh, if I'm in a, playing with a casual gamers, then we often pick m much more casual games. But even in those games, of course, if there is a room for optimization or, or trying to do optimal moves, I like naturally try to play it that way. Nice. Um, yeah, I asked. Uh, I at first I thought that I might choose one one question per player, but how I ask a second question that I really like. Um, and it's a bit more private one, so you know it's uh, entirely up to you. We can cut it out. Um, Halei asks, how does gaming influence your behavior and relationship with your child or your children? Uh, I was thinking the same. Does it the fact that you're you know such a board game, um, you're so passionate about board games? Um, does it help you? You know, like, can you can you play with your children, or are there any specific, um, let's call it skills that you developed uh, while playing board games that made you, you know, um, that somewhat help you, you know, raise your children or anything like that? Uh, yeah, I I don't say I don't know if if board games like. Uh, teach you any specific skill that is helpful for uh, raising children but 
It, sure, it, but... w- 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 one, th- one thing that is nice uh-huh. that you can play board games with your children. And if you kind of enjoy board games and your children enjoy board games, then that's like a perfect match. Of course, you probably cannot play Terra Mystica against seven-year-old kids. <laughs> sure. But, but you, you, can, you can play something <laughs> and you can kind of enjoy while you are spending good time with your kids. So that is good thing with board games. Um, and speaking about that, do you think board games have, um, I, I was thinking about it, like, um, maybe board games are pretty good, uh, you know, themselves at, like, rising, you know, uh, children in a good, um, in a good manner. So, I know they teach, teach you healthy rivalry, or yes, they teach you yes, patience. Yes, yes, you know? yes, yes, they, I, I think it's a great, uh, uh, opportunity for the child to, uh, learn something about life, like learn uh, how to lose games, uh, learn like uh, to wait your turn, these kind of things. Uh, they, are, they, they are very important and they are something you can learn while playing board games. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have this personal struggle when I'm playing board games with my kids. I, I always uh, yeah, because I try try to play optimally, and if they don't play optimally, then uh, I might win more than my share. And I'm I'm all, always questioning whether I should do that or not. And sometimes I try to like play as casually as I can against them. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Uh, the next question comes from Gino, so another Teams Europe member. Um, he I wanted to ask about a specific game. Um, and I think you know which one that is. Um, so, how did you feel when you pulled out the, um, for him, most impressive game of all time, the 210 victory points uh, Chaos Magicians game in a five-player game on Snellman on Fire and Ice? Um, how much time did you invest to be able to pull that piece of pure art? Uh, I, I think... Uh... It didn't. Uh, it, those are something that you just get. You get these opportunities to score high when the setup is right, and when the, you get the opportunity, you kind of have a good start that starts to snowball very heavily. And uh, it's not something you plan for when the, when the game begins. You kind of, of course, you try to score as much as you can, but uh, maybe around round four, round maybe round three, you start to realize, hey, now I'm do- doing quite well. How, like, would there be a like, chance to uh, make a new high score? If it, and then you, you can use this planner tool to kind of uh, speculate what the high score might be in some optimal situation. And then try to uh, play the game so that you reach something that is close to that kind of optimal situation you found using the planner. I, I don't think I spent a lot of time in, for that game, but I spent a lot of time in general playing multiple games until uh, that game popped up and I got a super good start. I think that was a game where I start in the Fire and Ice map in, as J- Chaos Magicians. I started in the middle uh, in a five-player game which 
usually is not possible, but in that game, uh, it was possible because I got great pastiles. I might have, I don't remember exactly what I got, but I managed to uh, secure red hexes very early with the shipping tile and managed to build a huge worker economy. And then uh, while building that worker economy, I still got enough coins to afford doing other things as well. So it was basically a good start. And then uh, at some point I realized that, hey, this is, this is going to score so many points, this uh, uh, game. And then I tried to play it like as good as I could from that point on, but I didn't spend insane amount of time doing it. It was ma mainly just this kind of opportunity that, that comes to you sometimes when you play a lot of games. Right. Sure. Um, there's just a couple more. Um, Lumen. Lumen asks, do you think if TM Tour has gotten harder over time? And if so, by how much? Uh, I think it has gotten harder from the first seasons. I don't remember, like, because the like initial season, uh, I don't know how many players signed up, but I remember that the requirement for hitting Division 1 based on the initial seeding was not very high. So I think the initial seeding uh, favored those players who were present during season one. And when you later came to the scene, you had to like start from the lowest division and climb up. So it took a couple of seasons before those late joiners who are great players reach division one. And uh, maybe around season, I don't know when, but uh, Maybe the five first seasons or so, it was easier, and then it gradually started to get harder and harder because all these players would start in the low divisions, have had enough time to climb up and join Division 1. So it, it gets harder and harder. And I guess uh, at some point you read some kind of uh, situation where the most of the players who started have already reached the top division if they want to or if they have uh, enough skills to reach it. So I, I guess it might still get harder. I guess it depends on the player, how many players are playing the tournament in general. I haven't checked the numbers, whether the number of players is decreasing or increasing. I guess if the number of players is increasing, I would assume that the difficulty gets harder. And if the number of players decreases, I would assume the difficulty gets easier. And then there is this small delay from uh, people who didn't initially join, who have to climb up. Um, the next person is Hephaestus, who actually asked a couple of questions about them. I'm just going to choose one. Um, it's uh, because it's a frequently um, discussed topic. Uh, how do you evaluate factions during auction? Do you have, uh, you know, like any specific uh, patterns that you use during auction, maybe? No, I wish I had better ways of doing that. Uh, I'm mostly 
based on gut feeling. I try to look at the what openings are likely for all of the uh, factions. And then I try to evaluate how much I like those openings. And then I try to evaluate some risk factors as well. Uh, but uh, besides that, uh, it's mostly based on gut. And my gut feeling on the auction is not very great. So mm. uh, maybe there are like uh, people who are much better at getting sweet deals from the auction than me. That's fair. Um, and the last person is Claybo, uh, who was the one that actually messaged you to join the board game arena. So um, I'm going to read every question that he asked. Um, so uh, first thing is, first faction you ever played? Uh, I think, I, I think uh, when somebody taught me the rules of Terra Mystica, First time, uh -huh. and I tried. I, I think it was Chaos Magicians, and I started with Stronghold. Oh, so that <laughs> was I, I scored some below 100, so it was really horrible game. Yeah, um, I wonder if Stronghold Chaos will become a thing at some point. Uh, I would not recommend uh, starting <laughs> with Stronghold. All right. Uh, that 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 was the game where I learned the rules. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, the second question is: uh, we actually talked about it, but um, have you ever played Terra Mystica over the board, not on computer? Um, and if yes, and assuming the quality of opponents were the same, would you prefer playing uh, via computer or board? I have played it uh, on a board maybe 20 times or a, f a bit more. So I have played it and I own the game. Uh, but recently I have not, well, of course, because of COVID, but uh, mostly for us it happens so that we play some game on the board, but and if we really like the game, we start playing it online. And then because we play it online, we play it less on board. That's what tends to happen. Yeah. So for instance, Agricola, we constantly play it online. And if, well, we sometimes play it on board as well. But uh, if, if you can play something online and you have regular online game going, you play it less on board. So we focus more on the games on which we don't play online. Uh, uh, if I, I think uh, regarding whether I would like to play it online or on board, in general, I think I like playing on board more. It's uh, like how I got introduced to board games and I, how I have played a lot, uh, especially if, the, uh, if I'm playing with a good, a nice uh, group of friends. Then it's I, I would prefer to play on board. But if if the like I'm playing with some people who like play really slowly on or I don't really know, then I would maybe prefer to play online. Sure. And the last question uh, from Claybo is, um, uh, what does Xevok mean? Is that your actual name? I'm so confused. 
it doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's uh, a nickname which I don't remember for what uh, purpose. The purpose for which I came up with the nickname. I probably need needed some handle for uh, besides my own name for some internet thing, and then I came up with that. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a uh, Actually, how it came up was there was some uh, old BBS game called Lands of Destruction, and there was some boss who was named Voxek or something, and I kind of mangled around that word and came up with this. And there's one last question. Um, P.S. Um, Playboy asks if he can have your autograph. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> would you would you uh, would you sign a card for him and send him to the uh, states? Maybe if he asks yeah. you kindly. <laughs> uh, I don't know what he would do with that autograph, but well, he will, he would frame it and hang it over his bed. Yeah, yeah. I, I just might. Let's see. Cool. If it makes him really happy. It certainly would. Um, Yeah, um, that's all. Thanks, guys, uh, for asking those questions. See Xevok for um, joining us here. Um, It's been a while. Um, Is there anything you want to add to the community and to the listeners here before we wrap it up? I think it's been long and good discussion. So... Yeah, I, I, I don't have anything in my mind now. Sure. Uh, all right. Uh, EJ is not here anymore. Um, so that's all for today. Um, thank you, Zivak, again. And have a good one. Okay, see you. Thanks. Bye.